Ephesians chapter number one. Now, for some time, we have been dealing in the area or the subject matter, matter rather, under grace. Will you say that? Under grace. We received this, of course, by way of Holy Spirit. And we take it on, it's actually a subheading under our theme, Trapped by Your Traditions, being that there are those who are living in bondage, in restraint as a believer, all because they have allowed themselves to gravitate toward the traditions of man rather than the truths of God's word. And anytime you follow the tradition of man, it makes the word of God of no effect in that person's life. In other words, it loses its effectiveness, its potency to be activated or work in your life because you are out of agreement. And it's important that as believers, and I say this all the time, that we study to show ourselves approved unto God. Workmen need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth or the word of God. So that's paramount. So you can't always take man's word, especially when man cannot back his words up with Scripture. And that's what, when we initiated this teaching uh, from our text, we've seen that the Pharisees, they were notorious for imposing their rules and regulations beyond the word of God onto man. And they were laying a heavy burden on people, had people doing things that they themselves would not do. But, and from that, uh, we began to talk about under grace and the Old Testament, we've seen this. I'm just giving you uh, a little review, and I want to pick up kind of where we left off, but I want to get back to those things that we were talking about relative to our position in Christ. We have to know, we have to reckon, and we have to what? Present. So I want to get to that, but I felt led by Holy Spirit to back up just a little bit because understanding grace is important to walk in this thing out because we have discovered that it is God's grace that actually enables us to live godly. So if there are no emphasis stressed on that, we will still try to live godly through our own effort. And when that happens, we will forever fall short. Are you with me? But we've seen that throughout the Old Testament, it was about law. The New Testament is about grace. We've seen this. Wave your hand if you remember me teaching this. We've seen in John where he writes, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We've seen this in John 1.17. Then we've been talking about the apostle of grace, which Apostle Paul is often known as the apostle of grace. And we see that Paul tells us, 
of course, in Romans where we are, that we're no longer under law, but under grace. And listen, we were not even born under that covenant system. We dealt with the law. Christ is the fulfillment of the law. We dealt with, with all of that. But I, I want to give a little bit more emphasis or stress the emphasis on grace and write this down for a subheading, empowered by grace. Empowered by grace or literally enabled by grace. It is God's enablement. Of course, we're going to see throughout this that it's the power or what gives us that enablement is the power of Holy Spirit. But it's God's enabling power. Now, I want to show you something here in Romans 1, and I want to, I'm sorry, Ephesians 1, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. And it's not ironic that this coincides with what we're talking about in Romans because here, In chapters 1, 2, and 3, Apostle Paul dealing with the church of Ephesus, uh, chapters 1, 2, and 3 deals with the position or the believer's position in Christ. So when you read chapters 1, 2, and 3, he's talking about our position in Christ. And we know now that our position is that we are in right standing with God. Our position is that we are holy before God. So understand this, beloved, in Christ, all believers are saints. Hagias, holy. Every believer is holy. Now, even though in themselves, they may not always seem saintly or holy, yet we are holy. And it's God's will, and this is where we are in Romans, and it's God's will that our practice corresponds to our position, which is saints should be holy. We are holy, and what I mean should be holy is that our practice should always correspond with our position. Now, verse 1, Paul, an apostle, Special messenger, personally chosen representative of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, the anointed. By by how? By the will of God. That's why it's important. If God has not called you, don't call yourself. Notice, that's a good stressing point. He was appointed. See, I'm doing this by the will of God. And when you do it by the will of God, there is an endowment placed on you that you cannot get through your matriculation in school, thank God for that, still in school. You can't get it through, through, through paying somebody, nor can you get it because you are gifted in speaking. No, you have to be appointed because when you are appointed, there is an anointing on you for those who have, that God has called you to steward over. Are you with me? Now, to the saints, God's people who are at Ephesus, and are faithful and loyal and steadfast in Christ. Verse 2, grace to you and peace from our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, blessed and worthy of praise be who? The God, are you guys in Ephesians 1? Okay, I'm in verse 3. Blessed and worthy of praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing 
in heavenly realms. I could stay right here. So you're not trying to work yourself into a blessing. You're already blessed. So what I, no, no, no. See, see, I can't get blessed by my efforts. I'm already blessed. We were blessed by the work or the finished work of Jesus. Now, I receive the blessing that's already mine by coming into agreement with what he has already finished. Just as in his love, he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own. Look, before the foundation of the world, so that we would be what? Holy. So you were already predestined to be set apart unto God. Consecrated, set apart for him, purpose-driven and blameless in his sight. Do you see this? In love. Verse 5. He predestined and lovingly planned for us to be what? Adopted to himself as his own children through Christ, through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the intention and good pleasure of his will. Look at verse 6. To the praise of his glorious grace ah, and favor, watch this now, which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved, his son, Jesus Christ. Listen. You need to write that down. But our, our, I think the traditional King James says, by which he made us, which is the Greek word, is related to the Greek word charis. But this word, where it says, which he made us, or actually made us, where we see his glorious favor, or freely bestowed, is the Greek word karito, which means to be endowed with grace, or to be, or to bestow freely on. So as a believer, you're not trying, you, listen, you do not work, you cannot work for grace. If you're working for grace, it is no longer grace. No, grace was endowed on me as a child of God. No, no, that's part of my, no, it was given, see, watch this, the favor was given to me. So, so, so listen, that's why you should never get upset with anybody who doesn't understand the favor and the graces on your life, it's not my fault. You have to talk to Jesus. This was poured on me. So grace uh, is an endowment. You need to submit that in your spirit. Look, I can't work for grace. Don't, don't you let anybody tell you that you have, if you have to work for it, it is no longer a gift. And this is one of the biggest tricks or deceptive motives of the enemy. Because, listen, anytime we're not relying on grace, we're relying on self-effort. And when we rely on self-effort, we remove ourselves from God's grace. And it is his grace that gives me the enablement to live holy. So we have to stop letting people, watch this, tell us, first of all, grace is not a new thing. Grace, God's grace have been in operation since the beginning of time. We've seen him extending grace to Noah in the book of Genesis, chapter number 6. Are you here? See, I'm saying this for a reason, because we have people who are telling us that you have to work for this. 
You don't have to work for grace. Say that. I do not have to work for grace. It's a spiritual endowment that was bestowed upon me by the Father God himself. And there's absolutely nothing that anybody can do about it. So notice to the praise of his glorious grace and favor, which he has so, see, if it's freely bestowed, that means it's not merited. If I have to work for grace, that means it's merited, which is the direct opposite of what grace means. Verse 7, in him we have redemption. That is our Again, we talked about this. You are already in him. You are already delivered. You just have to now bring your thought life into line with the finished work. Are you with me? Through his blood, which paid the penalty for our sin and resulted in the forgiveness and complete pardon of our sin in accordance with the, watch this, with the riches of his Look at verse 8. Verse 8. Which he. I don't want shit. Will you say this? I have been lavished. In God's grace, in our wisdom and understanding. Listen, you look, 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 look. You, you have to get this. Because when you realize, daughter, that you've been lavished in grace, you will no longer rely on your effort. You're relying on what Jesus did. See, religion, and see, you know, people talk about it's nothing new. It's something ancient, or let me say it this way, it's an ancient truth that has been hidden. Watch this. Not only what I mean by hidden, religion has kept man from teaching it. But, but, but it's not anything new. No, it's ancient. <laughs> Are you here? So you're not working for grace. You can't work for it. Are you here? Now, let me just let, let me show you something because we got to get this. Christ was full of grace and truth. He is the Embodiment. Grace personified. As one translation says, he came in, the grace came in a form of Jesus. So he's been here from the beginning of time. Grace is who God is. He's gracious. So, so to, say, to, to say it's a new thing is to say that God is just recently becoming gracious to people. Are you with me? But on numerous occasions, Apostle Paul, watch this, identified grace as the basis of his calling. Are you here? We've seen this. Let me give you a couple more verses. Acts 20, 24. 
But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. Listen to this. And the ministry, which I, what was his ministry? The ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So the gospel of the grace of God is understanding the finished work of Jesus. Are you here? 1 Corinthians 3.10. Let me show you something. Notice I said that Apostle Paul identified grace as the basis of his calling. 1 Corinthians 3.10, New King James. According to the grace of God, which was, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and, no, uh, and another builds on it. So guess what we should be doing? Building on it. But let's each one take heed how he builds on it. Romans 15, 15. I'm telling you, we are still hearing preached today a works-based, merit-earning grace message. A performing or a performance-based Christianity. That is not the God we serve. Walk upright, but you can't walk upright enough to be right with God. Jesus did that for us. And you have to get to the place where you just accept that and let his grace keep empowering you to live holy. Nevertheless, brother, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of what? The grace given to me by who? God. Ephesians 3, 2. Let me show you something. Look. <laughs> Most of the message that we hear, minister, everything, everything that we procure we, is something that we have to do. What we've seen in Ephesians, we have already been blessed. With that, you're not working for a blessing. The blessing's already there. Now, you can believe and get an agreement for it, but you can't work for it. Jesus did all the work you need to do relative to getting anything. That's why we have to come into agreement. See, notice this, man of God. If Satan can get me out of walking in the revelation of grace, daughter, then I forever rely on self. You hear? Indeed, notice I said chapters 1, 2, and 3, he's talking about our position in Christ, right? So here, here we see Ephesians 3. Indeed, if you have heard of the what? Dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you. Now, now the actual word is, is administration, okay? So that word dispensation, it literally means administration, stewardship, management. It's a person who looks after the affairs of another. This is what the Lord entrusted not only Paul with, but you and I with, to steward over the message. 
of grace, to steward over grace. Now, a dispensation can also refer to a special period of time or management. So here in his dispensation, guess what he was entrusted with? The message. And guess what we should be teaching others? The message of grace, which is the finished work of Jesus. So again, we talk, when we're talking about being empowered by grace, look, if, if you don't know this, you will forever lack power. Why? Because you're relying on your power. And it's not our power. It's his power. And it, uh, when you refuse to rely on grace, you are choosing self-effort. You're saying, I choose to do it myself. So, so, so let's look at this word a little bit more intently. So if, if j- just by, look, will you say this? Grace is not merited. And any individual who would study the etymology or the derivation of this word, just through the study of it will let you know that it's not merited. You're not working for grace. Will you say this? I am not working to receive God's grace. God's grace has been endowed upon me. So doing an etymological study of this word grace, in the Greek, it is the Greek word charis. Charis, from which we get, of course, the English word charisma. But it means, of course, to be cheerful, to be gracious, to respond in a gracious manner. It's that which is not merited, or we often hear the term unmerited. It's God's favor. God's supernatural enabling power, okay? This is what's on us as believers. So when used in reference to God, listen to this, it is the benevolent action, listen to this, of him stooping down to us in kindness to reach us in our need and convey upon us a benefit. I say it again. When it's used in reference to God, grace is the benevolent action of God. Now, this is in the Greek. Now, I'm going to give you the Hebrew too. Uh, it is the benevolent action of Him stooping down to us in kindness to reach us in our need and convey upon us a benefit. Notice we often hear the term unmerited. But you need to understand that unmerited is more than an attitude of favor or mercy. It's not, it's more than an attitude, okay? His mercy is an expression of his compassion toward us. You hear what I just said? His mercy is an expression of his compassion toward us. But his grace, listen to this, is an extension 
of benevolence, listen to this, translated into action that releases his enabling power into our lives. Oh, y'all, go back and listen to it. it. It'll make sense. Notice that grace, again, because he is so benevolent, that benevolence, listen to me, translate, man, God, into action, which releases his enabling power. That's where we get God's enabling power. As a result of that endowment. So it's just more than just, we, we just throw unmerited loose, I don't have to work. No, 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 no. It's deeper than that. It's God reaching down. Are you here? Meeting you where you are. <laughs> and conveying upon us the benefit. What's the benefit? That enabling power. That wherever I am, his grace is sufficient enough to get me through. First Corinthians 15.10. Notice I said it. that action releases his enabling power into our lives. Verse 15.10. First Corinthians 15.10. But, and I gave you a little, a little bit of this last week, but by the grace of God, listen to Apostle Paul, I am what I am. His grace toward me was not in vain. God's grace toward us is not in vain. Notice what he said, but I labored more abundantly. See, we should be doing more. Those of us who are believers. Why? Because there is an endowment for empowerment on our lives. Oh, you just missed what I just said. There is an endowment for empowerment and enablement that those who are not in covenant don't have. Notice he said, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Watch this. But it wasn't me doing it. It was the endowment. It was the endowment that gave me the empowerment that enabled me. Do you see this? So it's not ironic, man of God, that the devil wants to hide this from us. Because he knows if I don't have this revelation, I will forever lack power. Because when I walk in this, I'm not dependent on me. I'm dependent on him. Talking about the Lord Jesus. Notice we said it teaches us, right? It enables us. We've seen this before. I need to show you again. Titus 2, 11 and 12. Well, how do you do that? It's his grace. <laughs> you have to know him. It's hard to articulate in words. It's, it's just, it, it, and, and let me say this. Notice I'm giving you the Hebrew, the Greek definitions. But even with that, 
they still don't encompass who God is. It's not enough to really describe. We, we, there, there's not enough words in any dialect to describe just how gracious God is. But we'll work with what we got. But it, it's beyond that. For the remarkable, un, see, again, you're not, it, Brother Damien, if I'm working for it, that means it's merited. Here we see is undeserved. Are you here? Grace of God, that what? Bring salvation has appeared to all men. at verse. Again, what does grace do? It teaches us to reject. You can, you can also say it enables us to reject ungodliness, worldly, and more desires than to live since we're upright, godly lives with a purpose that reflects spiritual maturity in this present age. Do you see this? So if I think I got to work for it, daughter, you will always lack power. Because you're trying to do something within your own means that you are enabled to do. And you got people doing it all the time throughout what you can't fast enough to get this. You can't pray enough to get this endowment. You can't walk straight enough to get this endowment. So, and I'm saying that, say there's nothing you can do work-wise to get this. This was bestowed upon the believer. Just thank Jesus for the gift. Uh, Acts 2032 Amplified. See, now, when we get back to understanding our position and start moving into that, you will know that, oh, it's grace. That's how I'm able to do it. And I'll command you to God, placing you what? In his protected love and care. And I commend you the word of his, the word of his, Grace, the counsel and promises of his un, of his un, of his un. So unmerited means what? Not merited. So you can't work for grace. And I heard a preacher say this last week, that grace is merited. Ah, my shit. And I'm like, where in the world did you get that? So I got to work for grace? What Bible are you reading? Nowhere in Scripture will you find that you have to work for grace or grace is merited. It was lavishly, freely bestowed upon us. But I assumed, because I haven't talked to the individual, 
that perhaps he meant to say God, grace is God's unmerited favor and you don't work for grace. I'm just going to give him the benefit. of my doubt and what I thought I heard. <laughs> his grace is able to, see, see, do you see the endowment? What is his grace able to do? His grace is able to do what? See, that's that enabling power. His grace is able to build you up and, and to give you what? The rightful inheritance among those who are sanctified, that is, among those who are set apart for God's purpose. All believers. So, in the Greek, it's the word charis. In Hebrew, the word grace literally means favor. I don't want shit. So in Genesis 6, 8, where it says, and Noah found grace in the uh, sight of God, he found favor. See, again, you can't buy favor. You can't earn. I'm trying to walk right so God will favor me. See, you don't know your covenant right. I have to work for favor. Favor surrounds me as with a shield. So in the Hebrew, just let me give you this for your learning. It literally means favor. It's the Hebrew word kin from a root word which means Kanan or Shanan, however you, whichever way you want to pronounce it. But this is what it means, man of God. To bend or stoop in kindness to another as a superior to an inferior. God is the superior. We are the inferior. So the superior is bending in the direction of the inferior. <laughs> and it is God's weight that's tilted in your favor that enables you, that empowers you to walk upright. Why? Because I got a weight this tilted, are you here? Y'all, uh, y'all not even, it's just taking it a step further. Now, the Hebrew word that we translate as grace in English, I'm, listen to what I'm saying now, is composed of two Hebrew letters, okay? I'll draw them if I had a thing. Chet, C-H-E-T, and noon. N-O-O-N. Okay? Now, if I was if, if I was trying to give you some type of imagery or as a picture, Chet is a, listen to this. I would write it down. Chet, listen now, is a place of a, let me say it again. Chet is a picture, that is, of a private place or refuge. It is a, listen, it is a fenced and protected sanctuary. Yeah. See, that's why you can understand Psalms 512. 
how his grace surround us. See, Chet, again, j- just picture, man of God, a fenced and protected sanctuary, a place of refuge. Now, noon is pictured as a fish, and it, it literally means, or, or it's synonymous of activity and life. So, Chet noon, based on the Hebrew picture language, is this. Is God produces life in us, then puts a fence or wall of protection, uh, listen, of that life so so it may not be destroyed or removed. That's why nobody can snatch you out of his hands. That's why we have been delivered from destruction. Why? Because of his chattanoon, his grace that's around me. Well, what about grandma who preceded me? Grandma was still, grandma won. Oh, yo. So, so, so Chet Noon now, based upon the imagery, listen to this. It's God, met a God, produces life in us. That's what that enablement, enablement power. Then puts a fence or wall around us of, of protection that your life May de- be dest- that, that your life may not be destroyed or removed. That's why you have to know this. Because the enemy will try to talk you out of it. Well, you being, what you mean, can No evil shall befall me. No any plague come nigh my dwelling. Why? Because there's a fence. That's why before you leave the house in the morning, Father, thank you that you are a fence all around me. Let's go a little deeper. Now, notice I just gave you Chet Noon as a picture. As numbers, Chet is the number eight, which signifies eternity. New creation, new birth, new beginnings. Any man be in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, that's Chet. So eight signifies eternity. That's why anyone, when you accept Jesus, now has eternal life. See, that's Chet. Noon as a number represents 50. 50 signifies Holy Spirit, Pentecost, deliverance, followed by rest. It also signifies Jubilee. We already know what Jubilee is. (laughs) Uh, It's a lot to write. Go, Go back and listen to it. Write it down. So eight men of God, the new birth that God, see, see, so in other words, eight is this. It is the new birth that God graciously initiates in every believer. Listen, so listen, I get this at the moment I receive Christ. Are you here? In 50, 
delivers us, watch this, from the bondage of sin and by God's Holy Spirit enables us as well as gives us eternal life. So when you understand his favor, you understand, listen, that's why that sin that had us separated from God, from God, once we come into covenant with him, that thing is no longer an issue between me and God. Why? Because now he has put a fence around me. And that fence separate what had me separated from him and can no longer affect me in that way. Are you here? So grace, beloved, is given freely. It's given freely. Romans 3.24. Let me show you something. Get to a place of stoppage. So, so really, you can get up and just get up with every morning, Father. Thank you for chatting on. Y'all missed that. I mean, after old Father, Heavenly Father, who says how it looks low and all that. Now, Father, thank you for chatting on. Now to him who works. Wait. Oh, look at this. Watch this. Being justified how? By his grace through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So you're not working for grace, beloved. Are you here? Are you here? See, if I'm working for grace, you become a debtor then. You're not working for it. And if I'm working for it, it's not grace. Romans 4 and 4. <laughs> you there? Now to him who works. We know under the law it was... Self-effort, depending on self, in order to do or to be right by keeping the demands. But when Christ came, when faith came, that system was done away with. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace. But a debt, but as a debt. So if somebody telling you that it's merited, you in debt, sir. To self-performance. Do you see this? If I'm if if grace is merited, daughter, it's not counted as a grace. It's a debt now. Here's what he's saying. The justified man is the one who, first of all, does not work to be right. See, the justified man renounces any possibility of earning his salvation. 
or, or for that matter, trying to be right before God. You hear? Let me show you something else. <laughs> so why do you think the devil don't want us to hear? You know how preachers all the time, man, you're talking that new stuff. New stuff? New? Did you just pick up your Bible? And, and I submit to you, and the reason why we haven't heard it and it hadn't been inundated so much in the body of Christ, because most men of God have been victims of repeating what has been handed down, the traditions of man. Preachers, guilty of it. Not really studying for themselves, just whatever the denomination teaches, we, we just take who, whatever, whoever say whatever, and we just run with it. And, it, and, and, it, and it's wearing believers out. And, and, here, and watch this. Through all that performance, they're not seeing great manifestations because they're relying on self. Because they have fallen away from his grace. And it makes the word of no effect when you follow man's tradition. Now, basically what we've seen here is that Israel had failed to obtain righteousness because they sought it through self-effort instead of through the finished work of Jesus. And what Paul is saying here is that the remnant chosen by God succeeded in a, or succeeds in obtaining righteousness through faith in Jesus, not self-effort. Look at, let's look at verse 5 and 6. Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to what? The election of grace. Verse 6. Watch this. And if by grace, then it's no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. So if I'm trying to work myself right before God, work myself into a position of grace, that is not grace. Where did you get that, preacher? Eleven, Romans 11, 5 and 6. Look, God doesn't choose us on the basis of our works, but, this, but his sovereign election of grace. You, again, you can't work your way right enough to be, you can't, there's nothing you could do enough in your own to be right before God. Are you here? Let me show you something. Then two, what is free, we've seen this being freely given, right? We've seen this being lavishly bestowed upon us. Um, what is free cannot be earned. What is free cannot be earned. What is unmerited cannot be deserved. <laughs> Let me tell you what religion does. Religion nullifies grace. Write that down. Religion nullifies grace. What do you mean by religion? Man. Trying to position himself right before God by his own effort. You nullify it, sir. 
Are you here? Galatians 2, 20 and 21. We're going to get back into this. I just wanted to, to, to cement what, see, we, we just think, great God, it's, it's deepening unmerited favor. It's deep, deepening unearned. No, it's God bending down in my favor and empowering me, empowering me to do what I do. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, (laughs) I live by the faith of the Son of God. The faith in, from the Son of God. That's why some time ago, and we're going to get back in this here coming soon, the new creation in Christ lives from the faith of Jesus. At no point in time were we ever to live by our faith. Our faith is putting our confidence in what he finished. That's where your belief, your agreement comes in, not you trying to attain something through what you do. But that's what's being taught. That's why the blessings seem like here, far and in between for a lot of people, because they're trying to. I'm walking by faith, and in actuality, what they were doing, man of God, were walking by self-effort. Because they weren't trusting God for a lot of people. Verse 21, this is what it said. The believer's rule of life is Christ and not law. The believer's, notice, it's not I that live, yet not I live, yet not I that live, but Christ liveth in me. So the, the believer's rule of life is Christ and not the law. It is not a matter of striving, but of trusting. Listen to this. He lives a holy life, not out of fear of punishment, but out of love to the Son of God who loved him and gave himself for him. You see, when you understand that, you see, there is no trying to do this because I think, see, you should only feel fearful if it's based upon your work. But it's not based upon my work. It's his finished work. So why are you afraid? Are you here? Verse, what verse was that? 20? 21? I don't know. I got to whatever verse. Uh, did I read verse 20? Did I? I'm, okay, let's read. What was the next verse? Okay. Oh, here's what I want to get to. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, again, we're talking about self-effort, then Christ, Christ is dead in vain or died for nothing. See, when man tries to earn God's grace, he makes it null and void. It's no longer grace if man deserves it or tries to earn it. 
So Paul says, if man could obtain God's grace through the observance, of course here, the law or self-effort, then Christ died for nothing. What religion has done, ah, it has caused a lot of believers, daughter, to frustrate the grace of God. Let me give you this in close. That word frustrate is the Greek word at the tail, at the tail. It means to do away with what has been laid down. Out of my shit. It means to set aside. So when we try to earn God's goodness, his grace, in actuality what he's saying is that you are trying to do away with what the Lord has laid down. You're trying to set aside. When you're talking about this is a new thing, and they don't let, see, you're trying to set aside what has been bestowed upon me, given to me freely by no merit of my own. It means to annul. Make of no effect. Are you here? To set aside, man of God, to ignore, to slight. Abashi. Ooh, this is the one I love. Look at, I wish I could. I might have it where I can. Let me see. Okay, let me see something. Let me try to do this. If I text this to you, can you put it up there, Tim? Let's see. Should this internet working? Any other time? Oh, okay, there we go. Okay, let's see. Okay, let, let's see if you can put that up there. Watch, y'all think I'm making this stuff up? Look, let me tell you something, sir, ma'am. We haven't heard it enough. This is the gospel. See, this is the finished work of Jesus. And just think about it, man of God. Every Sunday, people are from dressing to performing, trying to get a grace, trying to get a favor that has already been bestowed upon them. Trying to get somewhere before God by their own merit. In actuality, not realizing that they have nullified what has been laid down. Why? Because they're trying to do it on their own. Do, do, do you have this? Can you get it? If not, 
At the tail. Where, where, where is it at? Okay. It gives you the final expense, yada, yada, yada. To what? Go, go. What, however you, whatever, vines, strongs, whatever you got. Look it up. To do away, linear, whatever you have. To do away with what? What has been laid down? To set aside. Hold up. I don't know. The one I like, man of God, I break faith with. Oh, boy, shot. Watch this. So when I refuse to receive the finished work, I break faith with. What is faith? Living in agreement. So when I deny this, man of God, I break faith. It ain't that God doesn't want me to have it. I broke faith. I nullified it. Why? Because I laid it to the side because of what some religious unlearned preacher told me. Keep going. Keep going. Look, look at it. Properly to what? Do, to reject what is already so this is not nothing new. This has been laid down a long time ago. To set aside enough, make void what? To break faith. Watch this. To remove out of an appointed proper place. That is reject as invalid. Refuse to respect, even deny, despise. Excuse me. To cancel. Abrogate. To this Passover. Refuse to acknowledge. Are you here? That's what we do when we let somebody tell us, oh, don't listen to that great stuff. You are refusing to acknowledge what has been laid down. You are refusing to acknowledge that there's been a fence, a place of refuge placed around you. You have refused to receive that you have an endowment and empowerment and enablement that was freely given to you. Abba. Last verse, Galatians 5, 4. I wanted to get this to you. Now you have to, this is what you got to do, beloved. You have to, you have to go back and listen to this. No, not just one time. This this going to be your every day this week. Again, when we've heard, daughter, the wrong message for God knows how many years. I, I, I can't think I'm going to jump to the front of the line because I got some good nuggets today in one 50, 45-minute message. You have been severed from Christ. <laughs> if you seek to be justified. See, this is what Paul was just saying 
in Galatians 2, watch this. That is declared free of guilt, of sin, and its penalty, and placed in right stand with God through the law. Again, depending on yourself, self-effort. What does he say? You have fallen. You've laid this thing to the side. You refuse to acknowledge what Jesus finished. You abrogate. You have fallen from grace. For you have lost your grasp on God's Ebosha, unmerited favor and bless. It's almost like saying, you have lost your mind when you refuse to embrace the finished work only to rely on your work. If you have to work for it, Brother Moore, it's not grace. You become a debtor. Grace, guys, has been freely given. Listen, I'm closing, or I am closed, but I want you to get this right here. Watch this. Watch this. God has put a fence, a wall of protection around our lives that they may not be destroyed or removed. Hold up. That was lavished on us. Why would you let somebody, as Paul was saying, talk you out of it? You're trying to get me to frustrate the grace of God by telling me if I do this, if I see, I'm frustrating the grace. Why? Because now you're telling me to rely on self, and Jesus has already finished the work. You hear? I am done, but I want to show you this little sneak peek. Look at this. Galatians 2, let me, uh, I, think it's, I think it's the message translation, let me see something, see how it reads. I'm going to start at verse 17, right? Let me show you something. Just another way of what Paul was just saying from the message. Have some of you noticed that we're not yet perfect? No great surprise, right? And are you ready to make the accusation that since people like me who go through Christ in order to get things right with God aren't perfectly Virtuous, Christ must therefore be an accessory to sin. The accusation is frivolous. You trying to tell me I'm not holy because I, I'm not doing it your way or this way, or, or I'm trying to work my way right before God. No, no, your accusations are frivolous. 
Watch this. If I was trying to be good, I would be rebuilding the same, trying to do it on his own, that is, I would be rebuilding the same old barn that I tore down. I would be acting as a pretender. Verse 19 through 21. What actually took place is this. Do you have the uh, message? Okay. What actually took place is this. I tried keeping the rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. I did all the fasting, all the dressing appropriately, all the whatever, and it didn't work. And nothing wrong with fasting and those things in and of themselves. It's when I think it's bring. It, it's when I think the fasting puts me right before God, or the praying all night puts me right before God. Do those things; they're great, but that's not what makes you right before God. So I quit being alarmant, being that dependent on self-effort so that I could be what? God's man. Ebo shot. See, you can let people accuse you and talk you out of what's being laid down, but as for me and my house, we're going to be God's man. Christ's life showed me how. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And, and. And, and, and enabled. See, that go that grace. Look, it enabled me to do it. Not only did he show me, it enabled me. See, God would never have you to do anything without giving you the power to do it first. So whatever he's called you to do, Live holy. He's giving you the power to do it. Ah. Christ's life showed me how and made me to do it. I identify myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. I don't care what you think about me. No, I didn't pray today for five hours. I only prayed two minutes, but I'm still holy. I ain't fasted all year, but I'm still holy. I worry about my ego. It's no longer important that I appear righteous. And see, that's what people are doing. They're more impressed about what people think. They're actually trying to be God's man. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God with all this stuff y'all doing. Christ lives in me. That's all impressing God needs because he finished it. See, see, we, we, when we go through those trying to do it outwardly, you're trying to impress God. You're not impressed. Why? Because the work has been finished. You missed that. He's not impressed. Why? Because the work has already been finished. Christ lives in me. See, the life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in 
the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not going back on that. I am not going to go back on that. In other words, I'm not laying that down. I'm not putting it to the side. I'm not going to frustrate this. I'm not going to annul this revelation. (laughs) Boy, I wish I would get this. I wish I had about two people say, Pastor, I will not frustrate the grace of God by trying to get right before God based upon what I do. See, I'm no longer worried about what people think. Christ lives in me. So they just ego tripping. See, an ego will tell you it's merited. See, that's ego. Are you here? Where am I at? Oh, verse 20. It, it is, okay, I, I am not going to go back on that. Verse 21. It is not clear to you, or is it not clear to you, that to go back to the old rule-keeping, pure-pleasing religion would be an, an abandonment of everything personal and and. Verse 21, keep going. That's all you got? Yeah, you're missing something. Listen to this. Watch this. Is it not clear to you that to go back to that old rule-keeping, period-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God? I refuse to do that. To repudiate God's grace. If living, if a living relationship with God could come by rule keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. Don't frustrate the grace. Whenever we try to get in position before God by our own effort, we're frustrating the grace. Whenever we try to earn God's grace, We're frustrating the grace. It's unearned. It's unmerited. But yet, it's enabling, empowering. It's God's endowment. Man of God, that was freely given. Let nobody tell you, you got to work for this. That's why a lot of Christians, watch this. Healing's not manifested. Finance is held up. Break the, I mean, all kind of things that have already been made available. Does God not know God loves you? But when you step outside, when you lay aside what's being laid down, you break faith. What was that? When you step outside the fence, you open yourself up to all types of attacks and assaults. So if you if you reject grace, you're saying, I don't want to be covered. I, I opt out of being favored. Are you here? 
That's, that's about all I can give today, man. Oh, what's up there? It is, not, is it not clear to you that to go back to the old rule, keeping pure, pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything? Per, look, see, I wanted you to see that and free. Are you here? We declare this. I'm empowered by grace. Come on, let's get the Lord a hand clap. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.